Hey, all you mamas and papas, looking for diaper bags and accessories that fit your modern lifestyle? Then check out CammieandKel.com. They have a wide selection of diaper bag and backpack styles with features you're sure to love. Their latest addition, the Parker Convertible Backpack Plus Bed, combines a multifunctional diaper bag with features like an insulated bottle station, extra strong stroller straps, wet and dry compartments, waterproof exterior, and an easy-to-reach USB charging port. But it also transforms into a portable baby bed. Learn more about it at CammieandKel.com. That's K-A-M-I and K-E-L dot com. And history, and sometime axe murderers. Hey, Cammy, what's going on? <laughs> hey, Brian, I'm just um, deeply disturbed with our next story. I know, yeah. Definitely not a family-friendly one. Right. So, uh, mystery podcast about myths and history. We like to grab famous uh, myths and tales. Then Cammy will give you a little story. I'll, and then we'll have a discussion about kind of the history and stuff behind it. It's fun. Hercules. He has a brother. We talked about that recently. Uh, for instance, today's episode is following in line with our spoopy Halloween stuff. So welcome to the next episode of that. And it's going to be about the New Orleans axe murderer, uh, which I, I, during my research, I realized that like I think almost every pod, it's, it's like a rite of passage for most podcasts to talk about this. <laughs> like I, I'm pretty sure even like weird kids podcast. No, anyway. Um, so anyway, this is just a little heads up. So if you're not in love with finding out about stuff like that then you may want to you know play this one a little carefully or or not but anyway so that's that's out of the way right yes okay so yes axe murderer uh cammy's got the 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 story i'm going to talk a little bit about some of the history behind it i think that's it i think I've, i've set up everything i can set up right I believe so. All right, yeah. Cammy, well, hit us <laughs> hit us in the head with that story. <laughs> with the blunt end of an axe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I used uh, Wikipedia, the Axeman entry, uh, for this, as well as FilmDaily.co, the murder mystery behind the crazed Axeman of New Orleans. On March 13th, after... Uh, 1919, after a string of axe murders, the Times Picahue published this letter... Hell, March 13th, 1919. Esteemed mortal of New Orleans, they have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orleanians and your foolish police call the Axeman. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe, be smeared with the blood and brains of he who I have sent below to keep me company. If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, They have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, 
but his satanic majesty, Francis, Joseph, etc. But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am. For it were better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the Axeman. I don't think there is any need of such warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me, as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep away from all harm. Undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as a most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens, and the worst, for I am in a close relationship with the angel of death. Now, to be exact, at 12.15 early earthly time, on the next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I am going to make a little proposition for you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well, then, so much better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tartarus, and it is about time I leave your earthly home, I will cease my discourse, hoping that thou will publish this, that it may go well with thee, that I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact or realm of fancy, the Axeman. The first murder was almost ten months to the day after the or before the letter was received. Joseph and Catherine Maggio were asleep in their beds after a long day at work in their privately owned grocery store. The two were attacked with the blunt end of their own axe, and their throats were cut with a razor. In June, he struck the home of Louis Bessemer and his girlfriend, Harriet Lowe. These two survived the attack. Then in August of the same year, Ann Sider was also attacked with the blunt end of an axe in her sleep. Authorities were putting it together that this must be the work of one man. Five days later, Joseph Romano would not survive his ordeal, and panic reigned through the bustling city. For months there were no new victims, but on March 10, 1919, Charles and Rosie Cortemagia and their young daughter Mary were attacked. Mary was the only one to succumb to her injuries. Then the letter came, and all of New Orleans rushed to find a band, a record player, or a jazz night spot to wait out the storm. Every jazz band in New Orleans was booked. And the record, the mysterious Axeman, Don't Scare Me Papa, was playing in every home that couldn't find a band in time. There were no attacks that night, but the so-called demon from the hottest hell would strike three more times. August 10th broke brought the attack on Steve Boca, and on August 11th, Sarah Lawman. Both survived. The horror ended on October 27, 1919, when Mike Pepitone would succumb to his injuries, but the fear created during these attacks lived on in the city, and whether it was a man who simply moved on, or a demon who was summoned back to his place in hell, we cannot know. So, 
that's the axe man. Yeah, that is a spoopy letter. I highly doubt he wrote it. I don't. I would not think so. I think some guy who was in a jazz band who really needed some cash <laughs> just wrote it and like how if we were in the podcast and we really needed it to work, we would just jump on something, right? Um, sure. <laughs> not no, not that, though. No. Uh, more like ice cream theft. I don't know. Uh, this is a, This is an interesting story, and I think it is sort of going into like a mythological status because I'll just kind of say there there is no indication of who it really is. I uh, will I'll go over my sources because I kept it really simple here. I, I looked over a few things, but I mainly pulled my info from uh, Wikipedia's section, of course. And then um, Heather Monroe wrote an article for Medium where she kind of did her own version of this. I, I looked at a few people's accounts. I mean, this is it's very um, it, it's very covered. Lots of people have covered this subject, and it, it kind of reads the same as you go on and on and on. But reading her account and reading Wikipedia's account was really interesting, and especially because this is my first time really ever – I hadn't heard of this before. And it's it's just kind of funny. So I'll just sort of go over some of the, the what, what you talked about um, as you did. So uh, in total, it, it, this his, his, the spree was from 1918 to 1919, May of 18 to October of 19, although there, there's some ideas that it could have been connected to some murders in 1911, but – no no proof really. Uh six dead total and six injured, which is wild because these in most cases, in almost every case, someone was like their head was clubbed typically with an axe, but it's not the axe part of the axe, apparently. It, even in the first killings, um the Maggio family, they were actually razored first and then clubbed. They think it was probably to like hide the true mystery you know just kind of confound things a little bit more sure um but yeah so there was no real connection with like other than sort of what happened like so in most cases uh the the murder weapon would usually be left on site and i had to think of i'm pretty sure it's uh john mulaney who does this joke about uh like detective work in the early yeah, yeah a while ago before forensics modern forensics and He's like, you know, a detective will come into the crime scene and a policeman will come up. Detective, I, we think we found a pool of blood in front of the window that the we, the murderer jumped out of. And the detective goes, or John Mulaney adds the detective goes, hmm, gross, clean that up. Um, because there's nothing you, you can't, there's an axe and there's there's all sorts of, you know, evidence, but there's nothing you can do with it, you know, and that's. That's it. Right, that was well before DNA exactly, and, yeah. and this, all of that. They had fingerprinting, but that was about right. it. Right, and, and, and. This is wild. I mean, and so it's it's just it's really unfortunate that this happened to these people the way it did. Of course, uh, and of course, everyone who survived. I mean, they just had their head clubbed in. So the first thing they remember is nothing. You know, um, what's I think it was Steve Boca too who even like got hit and the dude ended up bolting and he even went outside and was like walking around and then he realized oh I'm you know, gushing blood from my head. And then he went to his neighbor and collapsed. And, and he, I think he ended up surviving um, overall, but you know, how do you really survive something like that? Uh, and, and it wasn't until the third murder, it looks like um, Anna Schneider, who uh, was pregnant, but thankfully had a healthy baby. And, and it looks like they were fine for the most part afterwards. Um, 
that the the public the police publicly started kind of connecting it with everything but it was it was just wild the the most wild case too was was the basumer um basumer was a grocery store owner he was the third or or um technically i think the second like victim uh, if you're not you know the magios were together but he was like the second victim second like a uh, different victim and it was him and his mistress were attacked and this is wild it, 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 you know the, you don't have forensics you're you're trying to work with what you got well they while investigating everything and looking at everything they, the police found letters in in the tr- in a trunk that Basumer had i think it was in the trunk of his car and uh, of course if you have foreign letters in your car you're obviously a german spy like that's the dots that you have to connect <laughs> and so there's this whole debacle now they they arrest Basumer i mean and keep in mind he was clubbed um in the face so like yeah not not everyone was axed i mean it was it was it was really weird but uh Basumer essentially survived um so before the letters though a, a, a an African American employee was arrested that was employed to him because, but of course they couldn't stick any charges, so that didn't last long. Um, but then they found this the the letters, and he, I think he was in jail for like a day. But then they were like, "Wait a minute, this isn't evidence. This doesn't mean he's a spy." <laughs> like, uh, and then, but then of course the mistress um, actually also said he was a spy, and then she passed away or just before she passed away she then said he did it to her and himself and he actually went to jail he was in jail for about 10 months while the jury figured out no he didn't do it to himself and his mistress so super crazy that that one was the weirdest one and i think that it really helped ramp it, it helped push this into the public sphere way more than than it could have because of all of the craziness behind it um and it, police were like fired or demoted from that too. It, it, it was it was terrible. It was just like, uh, it was just like the worst. Uh, it, it was so wild reading it and just hearing these people going like, "This letter's in German," or uh, it wasn't even. They weren't even all in German. I mean, it was just several different languages. One of them being German, but uh, it, it's it's just it's just wild. Um, Yiddish. Did they talk about the content? Of the letters? No, here, I have it here. A German. Uh, this is from Wikipedia. A series of letters written in German, Russian, and Yiddish were discovered in the trunk in the man's home. So. Come on, like, all right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's just that you know we're on the the precipice of like. You know, I know this isn't the McCarthyism age, but it's that idea, that sensationalistic idea, that it, it's going into. So, well, this was right after World War One, right? A pretty yeah, yeah, pretty much right after yeah. it, yeah. So, um, but it, it, weird. It's just it's just it's so absurd to me um, that that's the conclusion that you make. I mean, you're in New York, oh, New Orleans grocery store. I mean, come on. Um, I mean, the guy was the guy was attacked. He had to go to the hospital. Like, I right. get. You, I I couldn't imagine you could attack what? yourself the blunt end of an axe. Effectively, German spy. Yeah, what's the goal here for a German spy? Like, stealing bananas. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, the rest of the 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 situ the, the victims kind of went as you say. Um, in many cases, there would be a, a bloodied axe uh, in the lawn. There'd be he, he would like chisel literally like chisel through the back door or something like that. Uh, and they were very small areas too. Um, the the another kind of crazy one was the Cortemilia family. Cortemilia, uh, him and his wife were attacked. They both survived, um, 
and it, it had th- this is where we really see the distinct pattern of the bloody axe and the, the the back porch of the lawn the chiseling and things like that and then the way the murder was done and this was just unfortunate because the woman the, his his wife actually claimed it was neighbors uh who the evidence wasn't really clear there but they were in jail for a year before she publicly came out and said that it was false and the, they it was a 69 year old man and i think his son who was like six foot 200 pounds and and there wouldn't it would have been impossible for him to go through the, the chiseling that he made um so that chiseling couldn't have been like a decoy and he got in some other i don't way. think there was evidence of him coming in another way is the thing there was in in one of the murders i think it was anna schneider he, he did come in through the window there was no chiseling but uh, it was clear he came in through the window um, it, it, from what okay. it seems. I'm just sort of putting the pieces together myself. I'm trying to. and uh, But it was just that uh, Charles Cordelia, he ended up divorcing his wife. And it was it was just was rough. I mean, having that happen and then having the wife do that, I mean, that's just really unfortunate. Um, but, I, I, you know, it's, it's crazy back then. Uh, and then the rest of the cases sort of went like that. So six dead, six alive uh, or survived. And... In the end, really, there isn't a, a huge connection. Uh, the suspects, Wikipedia, it's I'm surprised. So, well, there's there's one uh, man, Jake Bird. In 1947, he was caught. He was a train hopping man, um, a vagrant or wanderer, and he confessed to killing a couple in Tacoma. And he was a teenager in New Orleans, and so being a teenager, he probably would have had the stature to have been able to fit through. But there was nothing to link it other than theory and he was there in that time. I mean, but you know, there's nothing really to stick to it. Uh, Wikipedia just sort of mentions a few prominent ideas that crime writers have talked about as the authority. Uh, there's a man, Joseph Momfrey, who was shot dead in Los Angeles in December of 20, who is the widow of the dude, Mike Pepitoni, um, the Axeman's last known victim. There's a so it's it's a it's a small kind of string, but it is sort of interesting. Uh, there isn't anything kind of connecting the Momfrey stuff, though his death in Los Angeles in this that time frame, so it doesn't quite fit. So, uh, it, it like there there are these little ideas, but it, it's really there's really not much. The the wife. Or the wife of, okay, so the Los Angeles murder. Yeah. He or it wasn't a murder, right? A shooting. He survived, right? I I'm not sure. It says he was. Hold on. Or he disappeared, maybe. Shot to death in Los Angeles in December of twenty by the widow of Mike Pepitone. But I don't even see Pepitone. I Wikipedia's little section is really strange. I mean the 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 Medium article talking talks about um, the gentleman jake bird but wikipedia doesn't even mention that which is kind of odd and if you google the axeman of new orleans it'll show the mugshot of jake bird um that's so it is sort of a leading theory that it's him yeah in a way but anyway i mean that's it didn't it didn't really go far uh we're with with the suspect like i said that that's kind of the most we've got and and it's completely just suspect for jake bird even um What's interesting, I was reading kind of into this. Uh, so a lot of the people that were killed, if you can look at the names, were Italian immigrants. And, and it, there wasn't 
um, like a spree of Italian immigrant murders. But in in a, well, in a way, there was it, a lot of Italian immigrants were targeted in certain attacks. Uh, strangely enough, uh, I was looking into it. Um, like there was, um, and a lot of them were grocers too. Yeah, like they had the same type of business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was really interesting. It, but uh, you know, there but there weren't. Not everyone was Italian, but it 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 begs to kind of bring in the connection. There there is an idea that there could be like a mob involvement. Wikipedia just sort of glances over the idea. Um, I mean, since the, the majority of the victims were Italian immigrants, I mean, there's twelve people and. So it, it it's it's tough. There's really no evidence beyond that. Um, so it, it, it there was also an idea that because he he targeted women a lot, and and in a lot of cases the men survived. But again, it, it's kind of tough. I, it's funny. Wikipedia talks about so honestly. I mean, you know, th- this is really elevated. I mean, murders, unsolved murders, you know, could really get famous kind of on their own. But this one was wild because of the letter because of the whole thing on jazz i mean that was absolutely crazy i i read this and i was like oh that's why like parents thought jazz music was the devil because it was it was the devil <laughs> um it was just really it was wild i i i never knew about the axe murder and if you would have told me it was jazz then it was crazy i mean it was we talked about uh the pied piper and the dancing mania epidemic in the medieval period i mean it's like seems like something like that um but that that's been a huge part in the in today movies tvs and especially music have called back to that whole concept uh regularly so really wild and no one did die that night because and it was like all the dance halls in new orleans were completely packed and every professional and amateur band was playing at parties around town i mean it was absolutely insane um, on a tuesday night at i know a. yeah <laughs> like it it so it did have a, a profound effect on this area and this area does uh, of, of the areas of new orleans that he affected um there is you know semblances of it all so it's wild um and and there's on wikipedia too and, and in the medium article that it uses well there's a, an illustrated map that shows the the location i mean the, the murderers were done within like a radius of a map i mean they're they're all like within a drive of each other uh, for the most part. So it's incredibly odd. I didn't realize there was a, I mean, a, a big Italian immigrant um, population in New Orleans. I mean, it makes, it makes sense in the end, um, but it's just weird. There, there's, there's a lot here. There's enough to string it together. I mean, it's, it's just kind of like the perfect recipe to be mythological, because of everything i mean the the murders were just similar enough to connect them but they it was just so strange and six dead six injured like how do you muck it up you know for those other six like seriously and uh you know no weapon no no guns i mean it could be a time issue someone yeah. i mean a lot of people said that they saw someone leaving right. the house so maybe right. you know yeah. yeah there were he didn't feel like he had enough time to to finish the act yeah. or I mean, the and if it was like a mob hit, I mean, it doesn't Sometimes necessarily it, have to be a hit. I mean, it might be trying to scare him, you, you know, put, like, give me my that's money. That's when you put the horse head in the bed. That's keep it simple, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I did see a lot about the, the letter uh, maybe being written by the guy who wrote that song that I mentioned. Oh, really? Yeah. So, because that's, I mean, how does the song just get written within like moments and 
you know, now yeah. it's on record and playing everywhere. That, yeah, I that, that's and that's there is like a Wikipedia and other things kind of do kind of talk about like I guess we have to mention that someone could really just have been trying to promote jazz. Uh, I mean, it was wild. <laughs> it it did it worked. I mean, it really did work in the end. But it just wild, like just completely wild um <laughs> how it ended up being so yeah it's, it's this is a really well discussed subject I, i'm i'm kind of surprised it's even called axemen in the end because i don't think any of the murders like i don't think axe was really like getting axed to death was the the cause it was like getting your head beaten in but i don't know it was weird it's it's it, it the impression is there the jazz comes out of nowhere but it's such an important part but like connects it in such a weird way i don't know i don't think he wrote that letter i think whoever was doing it i wouldn't say it was i'm saying mafia there's just nothing there uh the, with the victims either there's really no connection other than kind of living around in the same area the, the grocery store owner uh basumer and with his mistress and stuff that's the only one i could think of like who would be kind of into fishy stuff but these guys like anna schneider i mean a pregnant woman and her husband i working think late. the the italian grocery thing is just proximity yeah that they happen to live like, you know, you said within a what a mile of each other, right? Not not a mile, but within driving distance. Like if you look at the map, sure. It's, it's, so it's I mean, if you're in this certain area, yeah. you know, it's just wild. And this person lived near there, yeah. or or even there was a train track near there, and the person's hopping trains and coming yeah. to New Orleans every, you know, whatever dates those yeah. are. Yeah. No, it's it's wild. Well, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Uh, there, there's a lot on this but that's 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 it for for the most part there's there's been a ton of different things and they just kind of stretch what we've discussed but there's there's definitely more to look into it i think there's been some i don't know if movie but like docu-series things on it uh, american horror story that's right during the I, I can't remember which season it was but they they had the axeman as a character i think it was coven maybe i don't know i don't watch Neither it do i yeah <laughs> It's there, but yeah, anyway, it's pretty interesting. I'll link the, the Medium article. I really enjoyed reading it. It was a good kind of simplification of it all that was very straightforward um, and well-written. So, guys, I think that's it for the spoopy episode of Mystery. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't quite like a dude recruiting your kids to Transylvania, but stay tuned next week. We will... Transylvania is involved uh, it's going to return so yeah. <laughs> get ready for that um, everyone thanks for another vampire tale yeah, <laughs> yeah mostly but uh, everyone let us know what you think and if you have any suggestions our Facebook groups really the best way to get in touch with us we're also on YouTube if you want to watch this and we have a merchandise store now so please um, it's threadless dot mystery or mystery it's myth story and that's with an ie dot threadless.com awesome yeah please yeah. check it out uh you can get some more details on our facebook page or, or on our website link just scroll to the bottom there's a link there too well cammy uh excellent scary reading of that well-written weird letter with lots of biblical references um <laughs> i meant to mention that i was like this dude's bibling it up uh i think that's it right I, I think so. Awesome. Yeah. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Oh.